Go. Hey, everyone. This is Heather Whaley. And this is Frank Whaley, a.k.a. Dr. Frank Whaley. (laughs) I was picturing you actually being a doctor, coming into, like, a room and having to, like, make quick decisions over, like, how you're going to treat someone. I just pretended for a few moments to be a doctor while recording a um, prospective voiceover for a major healthcare company. And while I was doing it, I realized, Frank, you're pathetic. I didn't think you were pathetic. When I was listening to it, I was closing my eyes and imagining, would I feel safe with this doctor? Would I trust this person with my life? As we've discussed in the past, I am not a man with a lot of natural-born gravitas. However, I can pretend to have gravitas. That's my gift. And the reason I say, Frank, you're pathetic is because, like a lot of actors, I've been trying to break into the voiceover area because that's really the only work right now. But as I was sitting in this closet with this blanket over my head, reading this copy, pretending to be a doctor in my home, all of those conditions and all of those circumstances surrounded me. And I actually said the words, Frank, you're pathetic. Because I'm not a doctor. No. I'm not a first responder. No. Except when it comes to lovemaking. Oh, my God. I am not a first responder. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a hero. I just try to bring joy to people the best way that I can. And if that's by pretending to be a doctor, well, then, God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. I think it's a really... Why didn't I do the voiceover like that? I don't know. That was real. I think you actually make a good point. I do think that people that provide entertainment and diversion and reflect life back at you are important. If you go back to cavemen, you have like the hunters and the gatherers, and then what did they do at the end of the day? They sit around the fire and tell stories about the hunting and the gathering. And record prospective voiceovers for major healthcare. Companies. They made podcasts. Dr. Tried to get, Frank Whaley. Tried to get people to listen to the podcast. Frank, I have really exciting news. Okay. We got another email with questions for us. Go ahead. From a different person. Oh, really? This person, Joe, wants to know if that's you on the drums for a theme song. Sure is. Yes, it is. And then he wants to know if that's me on the cowbell. That is not me on the cowbell. Frank can play both the cowbell and the drums at the same time. Yes, well, the cowbell is a part of my drum setup in my home. Although it might be better, a better image for people that you are playing the cowbell. So, Joe, I take back what I said. I was lying just then. Heather is playing the cowbell. No, I don't like the image of me playing the cowbell. I'm more of a tambourine. If there was a tambourine, I'd be playing the tambourine. But I'm not like a cowbell player. It's just for the image. It's just for the idea yeah, that we're, yeah, we're I don't team. Like it, you're, no. you're, we're both playing. Right. Uh, I was recording it. I was doing the recording. I'm the sound engineer. So he wants to know, Heather, rank your fave top three roles of Frank's of all time. Can be TV or film. At first, I was like, well, that's all about Frank. But I guess... Get on with it. My favorite top three roles of yours, I would have to say, there's one that you're going to be surprised that I say is the sort of cameo that you made in Drillbit Taylor. Oh, yeah. Every time I see that, I laugh my head off. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's so funny. I was asked by Judd Apatow, who produced that film. Not directly, but he called my Mm -hmm. representatives. And I was actually in California at the time. I was editing a film that I'd written and directed called New York City Serenade. Not the favorite film that I've written and directed. I'm in that one. It's I'm really good in that one, the Joe. Best th- you should go and watch that movie, New York City Serenade. You can skip forward to my scenes. You're the best thing about that film. It was of the four films that I've written and directed. It's the one that I wish I could go back and do a lot of things differently. However, can't do that, especially during this pandemic. Anyway, I got a call. Do I want to go and do a um, thing in this completely improvised bit in this? Is it Luke Wilson? 
Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. I've worked at both the Wilson Brothers. Yeah. And you um, always get them confused. Actually, I was doing Vacancy at that time. You were editing New York City Serenade, filming Vacancy, which is ironically one of my also one of my top three performances of yours. So you like me with the Wilson boys. You also did this little bit in Drill Bit Tail. Yes. It's basically a remake of My Bodyguard, which is a film in the 80s. I remember it. And I play, they're interviewing prospective, these three young boys are interviewing these prospective bodyguards. And I'm one of them, and I'm a really creepy... Oh, you're hysterical. Go watch Drillbit Taylor. Just watch my part. I'll watch all the things. What would be my third favorite role of yours? I hope you're going to say something that I hope you're going to say, because it's my favorite of mine. The Jimmy Show? Yeah, that's my favorite Yeah, you're great in The Jimmy Show. Yeah, Based on a play called Veins and Thumbtacks by our very good friend Jonathan Mark Sherman. He also has some questions about Pulp Fiction, about the backstory of your character. Do you want to get into that at all? Let's let's say that for another segment. Okay. I mean, I, my backstory was... Well, I'm he like, has specific questions he wants to know. Oh, well, I'll tell a funny story about that. Okay. This is an indication of how I'll basically take any offer given to me then and now. While offered to do that role in Pulp Fiction, I was in down south doing a Hallmark Hall of Fame television movie with Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. They're so sexy. Well, in my biography, I'll write about Hume Cronin and the sex noises I heard coming from his hotel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, but he's a great guy. But it was Jessica Tandy's last film. But anyway, I was doing that film. We were shooting in Plains, Georgia, home of Jimmy Carter. And there was flooding because it was raining, 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 raining. And my scenes down there got pushed back. And I very nearly had to drop out of Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction in order to finish... The Hallmark Hallmark Hall of Fame television movie with Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. There you go, Joe. And then nobody nobody would be screaming, look at the big brains on Brett every time they see you on the street. Is it Brett or Brad? I don't think you even know. I have to go back and fact check that one. I'm not sure. (laughs) Speaking of Pulp Fiction, John Travolta was in Pulp Fiction. Oh, he sure was. And I heard from my friend Kelly. Uh She's been listening to the podcast. Hi, Kelly. One time she was in Maine and she was, I guess, walking on the side of the road or maybe running Mm -hmm. and it was raining and somebody thought she was hitchhiking. So they stopped to pick her up. It was John Travolta and Kirstie Alley. No way. Yeah. Wow. Well, they must have been doing Look Who's Talking. But they're friends because they're Scientologists. Oh, what the hell are they doing in Maine? People go to Maine. Oh, I guess they do. John Travolta reminds me that not long ago, I was really disappointed about a, a certain career disappointment that you just reminded me. I haven't thought about in... That you and I had a career disappointment yeah, you together. And I, you and I had a major disappointment on something we had written for Hollywood that we'd spent years in creating and putting a, a major television producer and A-list talent. I won't mention any names, although you just mentioned one of them. I'll give you a hint. One of the names was in Pulp Fiction and Saturday Night Fever, and the other name was uh, an actress who was in the film Chicago, which I believe she won an Academy Award. She won an Oscar for it. Well, we built it and we put it together and due to circumstances beyond our control, it didn't turn out the way we wanted it, but that's the bad news. The good news is because there's the global pandemic, I stopped worrying about that. You stop worrying about the little things and now I'm worried about how I'm ever going to make a fucking living. At least you're not worried that the people that you're quarantining with are going to kill you and eat you, like just happened in Diker Heights, Brooklyn. A guy was quarantining with his father. He's a 26-year-old, and he stabbed his father to death in their Diker Heights home early Wednesday morning and may have partially eaten him, police sources say. Guy walked into a bagel shop. I don't know if a bagel shop is open. No. Is that essential? Anyway, there were some cops in there, and he was like, hey, uh, I killed my dad, and um, I ate him also. So if you guys are tired of bagels and you want to have a bite of my father, come on upstairs. That's a bigger thing to worry about. What if you're sheltering in place with someone who's 
Like cannibal. That hadn't even occurred to me on my list of things I need to be stressed out about. Right. Well, I'm not going to eat you. You're a vegetarian, so I don't really yeah. have to worry about that. Yeah. God, that's awful. There must have been some tension between that man and his father. I think there's probably some so. mental illness. Or maybe they just had a disagreement and things got a little bit out of hand. But usually don't eat someone. You might hurt someone or kill someone. People do that all the time. But usually don't eat them unless there's some serious psychological stuff going on. Yeah, or, m- or there's like famine. Like the Donner Party. Yeah, you either have to be really hungry or really angry. I don't think anger gets into the eating. You don't eat someone when you're angry with them. You eat someone when you're like a serious, psychotic sociopath. But I wonder if the father was walking around saying, look, just don't eat me. Want to kill me? Kill me. Don't eat me. It's horrible. It's horrible. We had talked a few episodes back about John Krasinski who's doing this podcast. It's called Good News or mm-hmm. something like that. I'm not in the mood for good news. Well, he is giving every employee of Beth Israel Hospital lifetime tickets to the Red Sox. We're not giving anything away. We're not but doing anything for anybody. What does that do, Krasinski? It gives them First happiness. People love the Red Sox. You look, crazy? Look, 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 look. I don't know what that costs him, but right now people need cash money. The Red Sox probably won't even be playing in front of a stadium full of fans till next year. I'm sure it doesn't cost him anything. I'm sure he worked it out with the Red Sox. And he's just announcing it. I don't think that he dug into his pocket and was like, you know what? I'm going to buy tickets for all these people. I'm sure it was like the, the stadium donated the again. tickets and he's announcing it. Celeb- but we're not announcing anything. I said it before. I'll say it again. Celebrities, if you're listening, stop giving bullshit. Stop singing lo-fi songs on your acoustic guitar. Stop telling me to keep my spirits up. Stop giving me Red Sox tickets. Send cash effing money to people. What if they were Knicks tickets? You'd take them. I'm a little bit mad at Jim Dolan right now, so I probably wouldn't. Does he have the coronavirus? Has he recovered? I have no idea. You can stay tuned tomorrow. We'll give you an update on Jim Dolan. Do we have one more question to finish on? We have a question that was the one from yesterday. Any questions for you? Aren't people interested in you? Nobody's interested in me. Thanks, guys. I got a question for you. What? How'd you get to be so damn sexy? That's the question I've been meaning to ask you. Nobody knows anything about me. What do you mean? We haven't told anybody anything about me on I here. I wish I could see you right now because you're sitting in this in this closet and the blanket is sort of half over your head and you're leaning forward so you can see me. Can I tell them the people well, a little here, bit about Well, no, here's you? a question for me. Go ahead. This is from Twitter. From Mrs. Whaley. That, that would be me. Yes. I'm curious about the whole waitressing experience. Was there ever a customer so awful that you started to wonder who put them on the planet? Yeah, of course. I haven't waited tables in a very, very, very long time. And to be perfectly honest, I was not good at it. At one restaurant, twice in one night, two different tables complained to the manager and used the same word to describe me. And that word was crabby. Oh, I've never known you to be crabby. I was not a good waitress. The thing that people do to servers, particularly waitresses, which drove me nuts, was to touch you. They put their hands on you. Don't touch your servers, people. And always remember that these are people that are bringing you your food. Treat them nicely. You can tell everything you need to know about a person by how they treat the wait staff at a restaurant. The Joe Biden you. I never put my hands on... One time someone said they wanted to spank me. Oh, man. Here's a waitressing story. I was working in the East Village in New York City at a pizza restaurant, and one of the owners had a drug problem. He was a junkie. He was also the chef of this restaurant. And I was taking the order from a table, two couples that were in from the suburbs. They were older. And in walks this guy who was the owner, chef. He's dragging a filthy American flag in one hand and a bag of garbage in the other. Mm. 
And this guy didn't like me for some reason. I had just started working there. But he comes up to me as I'm taking the order from this table and starts yelling at me. One of the men stood up and he was like, is he bothering you? And I was like, he's the owner. He's a chef. Mm. That was very awkward. Wow. That's a that's a Don't do note. drugs, people. Stay off the heroin. Nothing good ever comes from that. No, ma'am. We did do some good news. Yes. Spreading the word. Yeah. Drugs are bad. Yes. Particularly heroin. Hope everybody has a great day. Keep your heads up. Keep yeah. your spirits raised. Risen. Risen? Like the Christ? Yeah. Happy day. Uh, wait, did I say this is episode 29 of the Poddemicast? I'm not sure. I gotta go. Bye. Dr. Whaley, out.